Hello and welcome to episode 152 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. Joining me as always is the glorious League Freak. You can find on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? Hey, everyone. I'm doing good. Um, looking forward to this episode because we've got a special guest with us. Yeah, we've got the boss again. How you going there, Nadine? I'm great. How are you guys? Not too bad. You're, um, you're doing some overtime tonight? Just a little, yep. <laughs> Coming out of the staff expense account. <laughs> yes. Everyone will be duly charged later on. Fine. Don't give it into the uh, to the, the minions that are in the cage. No, no. I'll no, make some noise yesterday. I think one of them's getting hungry. I, I had to get the stick out again. I love <sighs> the stick. There's two things I like doing. Podcasting and sharpening that friggin' stick. That's a lovely stick. It's got oh, yeah. it's got a good handle on it too. You've done good with the with the tape you put on there around the handle there. Yeah, well, you you know what you need. You need a nice sharp tip, but you've got to keep the girth. Yeah, exactly. You you don't want to get calluses when you're swinging that thing around nah, either. No, no, not at all. So, um, what are we talking about? Oh, this is an interesting one. I'm gonna I'm gonna host a show, but I'm not I'm not steering anything. So, what are we talking about today, Freaky? Okay, so basically. There's a plan. The ARL has come up with a plan, uh-huh. and it seems like a pretty good plan now. I was sent an article today by Nadine that outlined this plan, and it's, it seems to be the first thing that's come out in the media that the NRL has been talked about that actually makes sense. I feel like the media has heard little whispers here and there about stuff that has been talked about by the NRL and they've tossed up the sensationalised garbage things. But this is the first the first thing they've kind of reported on that seems to make sense. So what they're going to do is they're going to split the competition into two, basically. They're going to have one group of teams that are going to be based at Homebush Bay and they're going to be in the hotel at, at Homebush and they're going to use three stadiums. They're going to use the Olympic Stadium. They're going to use Parramatta Stadium. And the other one they're going to use is Penrith Football Stadium because the other half of teams they're going to have hosted at Panthers Leagues Club, which has all the facilities. It's a place that I I don't think anybody was talking about until today, but it is it really ticks a lot of boxes. And then what they're going to do is they're going to have the season play out and everyone is going to play each opponent once and then go into a final series. Right. Now, you haven't heard this until no. right now. No. How does that sound to you? I've got a question. Yeah. Um, when when God um, got the role as being head of the ARLC, yeah. <laughs> um, he was talking about taking a game to suburban venues. How come Brookvale and Leichhardt overlaid on the list? Because the people that live in those areas are dirty. They're tainted. And the people of Western Sydney are clean. Aren't they, Nadine? You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. What if, what if, by chance, Manly stumbled across the greatest cure ever last year for the coronavirus, and that was asbestos? We could take the game mm-hmm. and the people to Brookvale Oval and cure them while they watch rugby league. 
I, I feel like asbestos probably isn't going to help coronavirus. Although I think if you've sniffed enough asbestos, <laughs> you're probably not going to worry about getting coronavirus. Hey, if you sniff enough asbestos, you're going to kill the coronavirus that's in your body. That's true. Sure, that's there will probably. be collateral damage, yeah. but you will kill it. Yeah, um, good point. So I think the other thing that surprised me about that is Penrith. Well, I tell, and you know what? It, and Nadine will know this, right? Penrith is perfect when you look at it. They've got a hotel there, can hold 220 people, okay? They've got the restaurant. Actually, it can hold double that. Oh, really? Okay. It's 222 rooms. Oh, there you go, right? So you've got that. They've got a restaurant that they can don't even have to go outside to go into from the hotel. They've got the best sports training facility in Australia for any sport. They've got a whole heap of training uh, grounds around the back of the the leagues club and stuff. They've got one outside the stadium. They've got the stadium they can use. They really do actually have everything that you need. So does um, Amy Park, Melbourne. Yeah, but why the fuck would we go there? Yeah, who the fuck goes to Melbourne, Andrew? Trust me, I'm not saying it's a it's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, the teams can all warm up at you know the the tennis stadiums, the ten, what are they tennis courts, tennis stadiums, and all use the underground tunnels to play at one of two venues. That's it. Hmm. See, in this one, they've got three venues they're going to use. I don't know why they'd use Parramatta Stadium, although it is a fantastic ground. No one's going to be there. There's nothing around it, though, is there? No, it's... How far are you going to get to the nearest hotel from from Bank West? Uh, It wouldn't be that far, but... The Park Royal's the closest. Um, Yeah. Now, here's another thing. They wouldn't stay in Parramatta. What would happen is they would be based either at hotels in Penrith or in Sydney Olympic Park and be shuttled appropriately. Given given the 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 cost this has had on on the NRL, yeah, will they be staying in backpackers? No, just to try and keep the cost down a bit. No, that would be cool, but no, they'll be they'll probably be in the best of the best. Well, they're at, staying at Panthers. That's the best of the best. I don't know if there's a seven star hotel, but if there was, it would be in Penrith. <laughs> okay, so does this mean that the the island idea has been kicked in the ass. Yeah, the island idea. Oh, across to that. Yeah. Let's yeah. hope that thing has been backed over by a truck <laughs> and has had its insides picked out by some kind of bird on the, the side c- of the road because that was abhorrent. Yeah. The whole idea of that was, in the NRL's mind, we go to a warmer climate where the virus isn't going to be as bad. Yeah. Um, I assume someone within the wider NRL public has told God that um, the Philippines is one of the warmest places in the world and they've currently got nearly 4,000 people with the virus there. So, you know, warm climates mean jack shit to the coronavirus. Yeah. I, I it think was also just a publicity happened. stunt from the actual tourism operator as yeah, well, and, to be and fair. Had, as soon as I saw that dude sitting next to Chris Johns, I was like, fuck this idea. <laughs> <laughs> was John Rebo there? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> he, 
You're sitting there next to this dude going, like, I've got a vision in a real line. Fuck off, Chris Johns. Yeah. It's a good so, thing yeah. you... It's a good thing they didn't take rugby league to China all those years ago. Yeah, you know, it's it's. Although I know Laurie Daly is upset that he's not a big star in uh, India. Um, so anyway, tomorrow, the uh, the NRL is having a meeting about all of this, and they're looking to make a return in May. Uh, the the thing, what I've heard about it so far, is that basically you'll have the two. Groups of teams kind of separated a little bit, so that stops with any cross contamination between players. You know, it's it's just another layer of security between the two groups players. And then when they do start playing one another, they'll be shuttled from basically where they're living in these two bubbles in Sydney to the stadiums, and then taken straight back. Um, there has been some talk that players might be told to self-isolate and they may be able to go home but I think what they'll do is they'll actually make everyone stay at these these hotels now, um, this, this does raise an issue which you've raised in a previous episode Yeah, what happens if one of these players sneezes well my understanding is you can get the results pretty quickly yeah now, but if, I mean if you've got even if you've got a hundred 200 players yeah. in a hotel all yeah. sharing the same fucking aircon, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and the same space. You don't know how long they've had it before the signs come through. True. And, but I think it kind of, they're... kind of kills it. Like the only way you're going to, going to do this reasonably safely mm-hmm. is each team would have to be isolated in its, in its own separate hotel. You wouldn't have to have too many teams in, in the same hotel. They'd all have to be separated like that. I think that that's part of the idea behind having them in two bubbles. Because if, say, you get an outbreak at one of the hotels or something, um, you know, the other one will still... You'll still get some games that will be played. Mm. And, you know, I guess it's just the best option that's available. You know, it's nothing's going to be 100% perfect. But I'm sure that when they isolate all of the players in the hotel, I bet they screen the hell out of them. They mm-hmm. can't test all of them, obviously. But, uh, but you know, I, I guess it's the best they can do right now. Because mm. the other thing they would have to also do is uh, put any staff that are working in those hotels, mm-hmm. with, you know, chefs and, and the like, they would also have to be in the bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know of uh, workplaces that when you enter the workplace every day, you're actually getting your temperature checked. Mm-hmm. Um, and any sign of a raised temperature, you, you're sent away, go home, you know, isolate kind of thing. So um, I would dare say that they would be looking at those kinds of measures as well. Yeah. And it makes you wonder, like, you know, if they do go through this, there is going to be costs involved to the NRL, and I guess I wonder how the cl- if the clubs will bear any of the cost. I bet they don't. <laughs> um, obviously, <clears throat> the the two places where these teams are hosted will be happy to have any sort of business coming to them, and I wonder if there's a, a premium that's paid for the paid for the staff, as you say, that work there. Like if I'm I don't just want some 
bus driver bussing these people around. I kind of want somebody that I know is staying at the hotel and isn't seeing anybody. Mm-mm, agreed. That's uh, there's so many intricate measures involved in this. Mm. Is I just wonder. I don't know. Maybe I'm being a bit cocky. I don't think the the lockdown's going to last too much longer. Define yeah. too much longer, because yeah. I'm finding this is a very subjective term. So what what do you see as not too much longer? End of April. Okay, right. So three weeks. Yeah. Well, I th- I think given that there's been such a sharp decline in the number of people who've got the illness, I think in two more weeks those numbers are just going to get down so low that they're going to say, you know what, we're not going to scrap lockdown. But what we're going to do is we're going to ease the restrictions on it. So if you want to go out and meet someone at a cafe or something, then shops are going to be allowed to be open for a very brief period of time during the day. So it's not going to be 8 till 6 or anything like that. It'll be like 10 till 2. You know, you've got four hours where business can be open, and that'll help businesses to keep staff employed and make a bit of money and stuff like that. Um, there'll be limits on the number of people who can go in at any one time, that sort of thing. But it'll be in, it'll just be little steps to try and help get things moving again instead of just having the floodgates open when they go, yeah, you know what, it's okay now, and everyone just runs out. I think if they, they might start looking at a little step-by-step thing like that um, because there's going to be a point where kids are going to have been at home too long and not had genuine proper education. Mm. And it's going to get to a point where that's going to be concerning, I guess, for teachers and, and parents and I don't know, maybe a few kids. Um, so I think there's going to have to be... Things are going to have to start easing up sooner rather than later in that regard. See, well, I mean, the government has said to... And this was just a few days ago. They were, they were saying, look, expect this to be a six-month thing, not a three-month thing. And the thing that they're trying to avoid is that we it, it, the lockdown, say, for instance, we end... And look, I'm not a virologist. I'm really not. I know people think that I am, that I'm not. Um, so I think what they want to do is make sure that we don't come out of lockout too early and we just start it all up again and have to go back into lockdown. I think they'd rather have the lockdown occur over more than we need than have a couple of different outbreaks, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think if they do come back, and the, yeah, they'll probably allow sport to be played as it was in the first two weeks. Yeah. Just yeah. Well, the second week anyway, you know, playing empty stadiums, that sort of thing. Yeah, well, the New South Wales Deputy Premier was quoted tonight saying, I think the NRL is the tonic that we need to get through this crisis. So in terms of, I suppose, ticking boxes at a government level as to are they actually able to come back, there's clearly a green light there. So, um, you know, if you've got them, you know, sorry, if you've got that level of government providing the green light, you know, you'd be crazy to not explore any option available. Definitely. And the other thing is, too, that, like, I was reading earlier that the New Zealand Warriors basically would Mm. have to go into a two-week lockdown, which if they – that is my guess is why they're looking at trying to make a decision tomorrow uh, Mm. in in terms of, like, they'll need to get the Warriors – 
uh, through two weeks of quarantine in themselves before they can do anything with the Warriors. The Warriors are very keen to do that by the sounds of it. My, I wouldn't be shocked if there were a few Warriors players that decided to not take part in it, but I think that's fine. Um, but yeah, look, I, I think that this plan is better than any other plan that's put, been put forward, that's for sure. Well, better than my one in the last episode. <laughs> a little bit better, yeah. It had merit. Um... <laughs> it was entirely merit. <laughs> I thought it was completely flawless. Of course. And you never know, you might need those games in 100 years' time. What better time to bring out the vault and watch a whole heap of games you, that were never, ever played and you get to see some of the greatest players ever? Oh, it's a fantastic idea. <laughs> As I expected. Yeah. <laughs> right, that's enough. That, that's enough of me talking myself yeah. up. Now <laughs> let's never talk about it again. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that Nadine brought up that was interesting is that the rugby union players have rejected a 65% pay cut and that some of them, and keep in mind the NRL players took a 75% pay cut and that some of the rugby union players are saying to the Australian Rugby Union or whatever the hell they call themselves these days. Rugby Australia. Yeah, I refuse to say it. um, That that they would like to be able to earn money doing something else if they're not able to get their full salary. Now, if the NRL starts up again, could we see some of those rugby union players approaching the Australian Rugby League and saying, hey, I'll play rugby league? Which which ones were you thinking of that would come across? Can you use some names? Yeah, exactly. Look, that's <laughs> that's the major hurdle. But... It is interesting that the rugby union players are looking at an alternative and the only alternative right now is either you're playing like soccer in Belarus or you're going to be playing rugby league in Sydney. To me, the crazy thing about that is the action. The action that they've put in there is the action you take to try and make sure that you can still earn an income. Yeah. The weird thing is the fact that they've refused any salary in order to do that. Yeah. I, I I just don't get this. I don't I don't see where the players are going with this. Well, the, I mean that's the amazing thing about what we've seen in rugby league through all of this in or in Australia at least, and I think we saw it for the most part in other countries as well. Um, is that the players basically? didn't kick up a fuss unless they were Joey Leilua. They kind of understood that, look, the taps have been turned off in terms of the money that the game's making, and there's not really an alternative. So let's just do the best we can out of a really bad situation in terms of how much money we can actually get out of our contracts this season, and let's hope for something that'll fix that once we can get playing games again. And I, I've never seen the game united like they've been in the last couple of months. It's been absolutely incredible, despite what the media said. The media's been, you know, gross. But um, people within the game, I mean, it's all been one message in Joey Leilua. Mm. Yeah, we've got to stress too. Joey Leilua is more than a player. Well, he's a leader. He's a leader. He's a, um, he's a macroeconomic genius. Yep. Uh, probably has some unionism skills. 
Yeah, I would say so. Uh, you know, he's of course they're going to bring him on. He's an absolute expert. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> so do do we all think that this plan is actually it's going to work out, or do we think there's going to be a spanner in the works before it, it gets to where it needs to be? All right, first question is, where do the referees stay? That's you know how people are when it comes to referees. The people are going to come out and say, oh, the referee was staying close to the Broncos room all the time. Now they're getting favours as well, the referee. People are going to say dumb shit like that. So the referee's going to need to be somewhere else. That's a really good question. I... Man, they've got to stay in the same place. They can't split them up. What would need to happen is uh, very similar to what they were doing in the first in the the first couple of rounds that we had, which was there would be a dedicated team of mm. referees that would stay as that team, so there wouldn't be week to week assignments being given out. Um, and that team, yeah, and it might be that between the two bubbles, being the Penrith bubble and the Olympic Park bubble, you would have X amount of refereeing teams located in each bubble, um, and they would be based there. It's the only way that they would be able to do it. And and the referee teams in the Penrith bubble would only referee at Penrith and possibly Bankwest. And obviously Olympic Park would be at um, ANZ Stadium and possibly Bankwest. And that's how they would have to run it. There's no other option. Maybe the referees could stay at the bunker. Where is the bunker? The bunker's in Moore Park, isn't it? No, it's at Redfern. Oh, is it? What's it at Redfern? Because uh, it is. <laughs> I love that answer. I, I thought it was in Nuremberg somewhere. <laughs> How dare you? No, you're Car- thinking of... Carsten told me. You're thinking of Berlin, not Nuremberg. <laughs> Nuremberg was where everyone from the bunker ended up going. <laughs> well, you know. Yeah. It's all right. I got you, though. I knew what you told <laughs> Carsten told me. It was his fault. Yeah, Carsten told us a lot of things that we should have taken. Well, we've, we've all been there. <laughs> yeah. I know what you talked about we, the day. We, we didn't go where Carsten went. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we we definitely. Well, I might have actually. I think about it. But, uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay, let, let, let's bring this back on track. It, yeah. Very interesting point about the referees that nobody is actually talking about on any platform right now. So surprise, that is a surprise. very good pickup, Andrew. I wonder how what they will do with the broadcasters as well because they're going to have to bunker down too. I mean, well, I, can't... I think I think the main thing they have to do is make sure they just don't. If you know, easy option is mm. broadcasters don't mingle with the players. Yeah, but I mean, if you're going to all of this, say you let's look at just Penrith Footy Stadium, right? Say you're going to all of this trouble to make sure the players and the the coaches and the refs and the trainers and everything are all isolated i think it would be utterly ridiculous if you then said oh yeah then we bring in the sound guys and and the the cameraman and stuff and they just can come and go as they please like i i think they've got to isolate everyone Mm. certainly do it's it's such a big gig it is yeah it's i mean it's massive and i can't think that of anything that we've seen like that before in rugby league. But if it means that the game is even earning 50%, like if we just get one of these bubbles going 
and in a couple of months later, like they play their games and a couple of months later, the other one plays their games through. Or like, I think that any games right now, like if they said there's going to be one game a week that we play, we'd all watch that one game a week, even if it was like Titans versus Warriors, you know? Yeah. Uh, man, it's just like this year alone, just two rounds, 16 games. We had 283 players. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's such and, an immense task. And then you've got coaches, I mean, and they've all got coaching staffs of all, you know, then you've got all the hotel staff have to be there, as you said. Um, and you can, you're not going to be able to just take your 17. Like, I mean, no. do you lock down? 30 do you lock down I mean it'd be 30 you'd have to lock down well you'd have to lock down your 30 man squad easy yeah you're gonna have to because especially if you've got like a a halfback gets injured it's not like you've got a whole heap of those hanging around in the in the squad so you have to call in someone now and then and then they would need to serve any isolation period that Mm -hmm. they would need to serve having come from outside the bubble um so you would have to have your 30-man squad. You'd have your bare minimum staff in terms of coaching staff, you know, trainers, physios, the like. Um, or do you centralise, you know, in terms of some of the physio situation? Is it a case of you get in a group of physios and they just provide that that service to every club in that bubble so as to limit the amount of people coming in? I mean, that's something that could be explored as well. Yeah, um, that's a good of, point. That's a good in, point. In terms of team staffing and things like that. I mean, a lot of these clubs are having to cut the fat anyway. They've already got rid of a significant amount of these consultants and and things like that. Um, you know, I saw Paul Gallen was, you know, crying about being let go from the Sharks and so Hope, on and so yeah. forth. Hopefully he's um, all right. Mm, hopefully. Um so I think they could get away with that that bare minimum probably you think you've got a head coach, assistant coach, a couple of, you know, your trainers who one of them's usually your conditioner as well. Mm. Throw a physio in there, I think probably six at a at a bare minimum in terms of auxiliary staff, you know. Yeah. So and even if you've got a couple of hanger honorers, let's call it forty people per club is what goes into the bubble. Mm. Yeah, and maybe, I mean, they might decide, as you say, like, you know, if, if say, a team has, uses five or six physios or whatever, you know, training staff, people doing massages and stuff like that, they they all agree to use this group, you mm. know, and, and they share a certain staff between clubs. And I, I wouldn't be shocked, too, if they have to put in place something in terms of player swaps. So if you get a club that for whatever reason, and I mean, we're going to, we could be doing this for a a few months. Um, If you get a club that has a horror injury toll and they just run out of players, there's going to have to be some sort of player swap scheme that's in place. And how do you do that in a competitive environment? You know, do you maybe go in, say you nominate 30 players that you're going to bunker down do you nominate five of them before you bunker down that can be used in a player swap scheme so that you don't go into, like, say, three or four weeks into these bubble 
you know, issues and then say, well, yeah, but we really need him. And so you can't have him and you're going to have to play with 16. You know what I mean? There's going to have to be little things like that that they think about. And to their credit, I think they probably are. I think they've done a really good job with this plan. And, you know, it's by been by far and away the best plan that I've seen anybody suggest. It's... Uh, my only concern now, okay, is, is, is the word bubble going to be permanent? Oh, one hundred percent. Can what we get some? Can we get something different? What would you no, call? No, because I've been talking about the Penrith bubble mm. for the entire time that I have lived in the region, because <laughs> I uh, I hate leaving the bubble. If I don't have to leave it, I won't. And there's Nithane. usually not many reasons why I would leave the bubble because everything is here. There's exactly. What's the one thing we don't have in Penrith? The Nothing. coronavirus. No, no, no. It's no, a, we do. It's, well, yeah, we've got coronavirus. It's not much of a bubble if the virus is already there. We've got, we haven't got a beach. That's the only thing we don't have. We got like fucking mountains. We got a beautiful Get river. A fence basin. It's fine. Uh, There's I, sand that meets the water. Yeah, I, I still, I need, I like a, I like some ocean on my okay. beach. Yeah. Right. There we go. Clarification. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so yeah, so we we. We've got everything else, though. Like, we've got the mountains, we've got the river, we've got Krispy Kreme. I mean, is there anything else, really? We've got a porto. Got noodle, several of portos. Noodle Hut. We've got the little place in the back of, what's that street called? You know, the one that does the awesome <laughs> Vietnamese rolls? you got to go around the back of that little... Oh. Do you know the place? Yeah, I do. Yeah. You know where you, you park your car and it feels a little bit... Uh, I'll say the word sketchy rather than the word I normally use for it. <laughs> yes, let's go with sketchy. Yeah, I think you know the word I was going to use because that's the only word you'd use for that area. Tamworthy? Yes. No, no, no. No. It's worse than that, Andrew. We can't use this word. Um, and so, so yeah, I understand Nadine's bubble that she's talking about because Penrith is fucking yeah. amazing. But the, the problem with bubbles yeah. is that they burst. And that's that's a flaw that we can't have when we're dealing with something about viruses. We can't even really get Penrith in. Penrith that is is having this bubble. There is also Sydney Olympic Park. Do we? What what else yeah, do we call I, it then? I don't want bubbles. Bubbles if, are bad. If not, a, if not a bubble, then what is it? It needs to be an airtight dome down oh, bunker. Biodome. 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 I'm a duck-billed platypus. Now we're talking. Yeah, why that's don't we, a good idea. Why don't we actually build a biodome, put all the players inside, no doors, mm-hmm. all they've got inside is a hotel, a football ground, the players can try and do whatever they want inside that dome, they can do anything they like in there. Is that not just Big Brother? And the only cameras inside the whole dome are at the football ground. Everything they do outside the ground, no one knows. I worry about. Here's my worry. Yeah, everyone's we could, we could everyone, put, we everyone's could got put, a mobile phone, man, with a camera in it. Yeah, well, especially we can, in Penrith, we can put the shades. We can put the shades. We can put the shades, put the shades up on the biodome. Shades up. Yeah, no one can look in. Here, okay. <sighs> here is we can put some people in there yeah. to help them with their 
needs. Needs. <laughs> this, that's where I was going to go with my next question. Yeah. How yeah. does the NRL? Because you know, in with all of these players, and I'm not saying all of them, but some of them are. How would you put it? Dumb. Needy. Oh, yeah. But I was a, going more dumb. I was thinking with um, some of them have a fascination with learning about parts of their anatomy, and they like to share that fascination with other people. Um, there are professionals who deal with this stuff on a regular basis. We could just put them in there. Mm-hmm. Um, that deals with that issue. Between that and the thick black markers, I think the players will be covered. That one should be fine. Um, put a bottle shop in there. Yep. A couple of uh, maybe a poodle or two, a Labrador box dog. Well, you'd have to put an actual one in just to get one of those inflatable ones. That'll do. That way no dogs get injured. Yeah, that's a good point. Players are too drunk to know the difference anyway. Do you reckon they'll, think... they'll allow them to drink? Yeah. Do you reckon? I don't think they will. Huh? Yeah. You know what? Don't you think it would be great to see two teams out on the field there and they're all just six days into a bender? <laughs> it would be like, you know, when they oh, fly, used to fly out for the Kangaroo Tour a week after the grand final and you'd mm. still see players and they looked really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Well, MG, tells a, MG tells a story about um, how he was supposed to go, they were supposed to, um, Penrith was supposed to get on the plane to go and play World Club Challenge mm. after Penrith won the comp. Mm. And he was having too much of a good time and he um, fibbed and said that he lost his passport the <laughs> morning of the flight. And so he didn't get on the flight and go over because he just wanted to stay here and party. That's hilarious. As you do. <laughs> Of course. I'm in the bubble. Mad. Yeah, in the bubble. The Penrith bubble. Don't Bio leave dome. it. Biodome. Biodome. Sorry. Let's go with biodome. I, I love I it. Th- okay. I think this has got merit. So and now that we've moved from bubble to biodome, there's merit. Yeah, exactly, because it was my idea. Right. Okay. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> All right, Crawley. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. How dare you. <laughs> Oh, shit. Oh, man. The only was... positive thing is that Crawley has not been on the TV screens. Yeah, that is a good thing. Um, although, if you do go to the Home Shopping Network, you can see him on there along with other leather bags. <laughs> oh, man. Is Roz trying to good sell call. him? You know, Roz is always selling something on TVSN. Yeah. If you're listening, Roz, and I know you are, Hello. Yeah. Freaky, you've watched too plug. much nighttime TV. I uh, just, you know, I've seen it before. It's just like, oh man. Where do you think you got the light- lightsaber from? Uh, have you purchased anything else recently? No. No, no. I haven't. Come on, man. Everyone's no, no. doing all this online shopping whilst they're in isolation. And, and I haven't. The, my biggest my biggest purchase recently has been my microphone. I, my old microphone died and I had to get a new one. And uh, i got to say, I love it. It's brilliant. Makes me sound brilliant. Uh, very, very good. Looks very professional. Um, cost me a whack, but it was worth it. Do they? Does that company make microphones that give someone personality? Well, the microphone, we might, get, we might get a sponsorship out of this, Andrew, so let's do this properly. Well, that's all right. <clears throat> so the microphone I'm using is a Rode microphone, and I have to say the quality 
and the sound of this Rode microphone is second to none. I would recommend Rode to anybody that is wanting to do a podcast because it's the only microphone I will use from this point on. Is um prior to this, we both had the same one. Yeah, yeah. And they were um they were blue balls. Yes, they were blue balls. Were they they did what they needed to do, but mine just broke out of nowhere. I don't know why. I wasn't I wasn't hard on my blue ball. Um, I didn't wasn't too vigorous with how I used it or anything like that. And I got my my blue ball out one day, and it just there was nothing. I was really disappointed. It was like where's I plugged it in. I'm like where's the juice for my blue ball? And so yeah, I had to go out and get something a little better, a little higher quality, and that's why I chose a road. That's fair enough. Um, that's the weird thing about the blue balls is that um, mine's black, but it's got blue written on it. It's yeah. really confusing. Yeah, yeah. You mine was that looked at. Well, I've, I've been meaning to, but you know, everyone's in lockdown. They come in different colours, though. You can get white blue balls. Um, I, I know we had black blue balls. <laughs> um, but yeah, when it, you know, as soon as I had a problem, you know, getting juice out of it, it was like, man, I got to do something here. Yeah. So this you well, I just, I took it back. But this one also has like a, I think it's a six foot long cable to it. It's fantastic. And it's got a, it's got a, um, a, what's it called? A pop, pop guard, whatever they're called. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, I love it. That is handy. Yeah, and now I don't even have, because with the, my blue ball, I had to use a furry box. Don't have to use a furry box anymore either. No, no more blue ball, no more furry box. Nope. Just a, a, a brilliant road microphone. Standing proud. Yeah. Fantastic. Yep. Is that not the best advert for a microphone you've ever heard, Nadine? Second to none. That is infomercial gold. There you go, mate. That's where you need to be. Over there with the Crawley. Mm. Not that he's doing anything there other than just standing around trying to look useful. Because that's mm-hmm. what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, and credit to him. He's been standing around and getting paid for to trying to look useful pretty well for quite a while now. Um, yeah. That's well, quite least, a feat. At least someone at Fox Sports is still getting paid, eh? Yeah. Well, they're managing to pay all the people that no one really wants them to. Yeah. <laughs> they, they let go. They, seriously, they have recently, and we talked about this beforehand, they've recently let go some of their best people. And, uh, man. <sighs> they kept George Clark. Well, you know. Well, I think they're worried if they if they said to Paul Kent, look, look, Paul, we 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 can't afford to keep you on. That he'd start yelling at him, and they just go, we don't we don't want that drama. We hear that five days a week. We we don't want any more of it. So just yeah, let's just leave Paul alone. They go to Paul Crawley. What he's been doing to every guest that's come on the yeah. show that he's been on this last few weeks. He's, he's been a little bit more angry than usual. Just oh, shouting them down. I'm wondering if maybe he's got blue balls as well and the audio quality is not very strong. And so he feels like he needs to yell into it a bit more to try and get, you know, a bit more purchase out of the microphone. It's a good question. Have you been watching that? Uh, Shit, no. <laughs> I, I know I haven't. Have you been watching it, Nadine? Yeah, not religiously, but yeah. if 
in the absence of anything else, I'll put it on in the background. And um, it also depends on who's on as well. So if I if I turn it on and uh, pour Kent's on, I'll usually turn it off fairly quickly. Yeah. Um, same as kind of Hannah Hollis. I'd turn it off very quickly. Oh, really? Um, Why don't you like Hannah Hollis? I don't know. Um, just same as Jess Yates. Just not a massive okay. fan. Um, if Vossie's on, I love it. Um, if Yvonne's on, I love it. Mm-hmm. it, it sometimes yeah, depends awesome. on who else is with them, though. Um, so the thing what is, I though, have noticed. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I was going to say. I was, I was I just going to say. I was going to say one thing. I have noticed is when they've um when they don't have Paul Kent on as a you know in the studio, is that they will throw to him halfway through the episode, and you get caught actually like, oh, Kenty's not on. Good, I'll sit down and watch. And you sort of halfway through, and you go, oh, what the? <laughs> they get him on, and he's and, got the camera too low, looking up at his chin. And then you write up his nostrils. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that was last night. Um, <laughs> is there a reason they're doing that? Like, I understand that there. Were, I think it was Ricky Stewart did that the first time, and it was like, oh, that's pretty funny. But yeah, but like Ricky it, was stupid. And doesn't know how it works. Yeah, like I get that. But at some point, don't they say, hey, do, like, stop pointing it up your hold nose? It, hold it higher. Um, I think the problem is they're all old and yeah. stupid. Yeah, the young ones get it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've noticed that uh, initially, I think the first the first show that Cooper Cronk did, he was with, I know Fletch was there, and I got a feeling Bossy was the host. Mm-hmm. And the pairing of Brian Fletcher and Cooper Cronk just did not work. Like, you <laughs> could not get more of an odd couple. And... Uh, Cooper was trying to be very serious about something and Fletch was trying to do his bit, you know, and it just wasn't flying. Yeah. But what I've noticed is that over the last couple of weeks, Cooper has relaxed. And I actually think you're seeing him now as opposed to his persona. Yeah. Um, and it's actually been really entertaining to see because okay. you're still getting that analysis and that very deep thinking person but he just doesn't have that guard um, yeah. and I, that, that, yeah, that aura, I suppose, that a lot of people don't like about him. Yeah, he um, comes across as fake. Yeah, which particularly, I think it was either last, it might have been last night in particular, I had that moment of clarity where I thought, oh, wow, this Cooper's actually really fun. Mm-hmm. Like it was, <laughs> it was very light but still quite analytical and, yeah, it was interesting. So He's found his personality. Pardon? He's found a personality. Yeah, so someone's coached one into him. Either way, it was working. Um, Blocker is a bit of a drain, I've got to say. Um, A bit. uh, Yeah, sadly. Um, But, again, I do think it's who they've partnered them with as well and what is the dynamic they're going for. Are they going for light? Are they going for analytical? Are they going for... You know, hard hitting. It, it's yeah, kind of strange. But um, last night, Braith and um, and Sam just weren't working either. Oh really? Yeah. Sam who? Exactly. Sam Burgess. Burgess. Is, does, so I said Burgess. Does yeah. does Sam Burgess do it from the studio, or does he call in through his mobile phone? Oh, he's done both. But last night he was in the studio. Yeah, I've heard he's done both. Right, Sam Burgess. I 
I don't think we'd hire You seem perplexed by that, Andrew. I am very perplexed. Why? And why is that? Well, I thought you'd want to get rugby league experts on there, not just some bullhead with a broken nose. He's going to be named. The problem the, he's, is going to be, you... he's going to be named the greatest second row in the history of international. <laughs> Just fucking settle down, all right? You can't understand him, though. I mean, and and I say that having listened to interviews with George Williams and John Bateman and James Graham, and Sam's the one that you can't understand. That's because his face has been smashed around that many times. The bits and pieces that, that make noises that are supposed to be, you know, his voice has been moved around that much. They don't work properly anymore. Mm. And let's be honest, you weren't really listening to George Williams anyway. None of us do. I was trying to listen to George Williams. Yeah, you, just can't, <laughs> you just look at his nose going, how much is he packing downstairs? <laughs> God, that thing must be mighty. Dare you. We all do Not it. Ex- no, actually, we don't. Yeah, we, we all do it. We we all say we don't, but we all do it. So goes, what have you guys been keeping yourself occupied with in work, isolation? Work. Work, obviously. You know I'm, what? I've, I've been having a dream run. Yeah, Andrew's, Andrew's making a lot of money right now. Um, you know what? I, I've been thinking a, a lot about, um, you know, the podcast and the website and stuff like that, and... It's really interesting because, like, there's an opportunity to do a lot of recording and stuff like that, and you're seeing a lot of new podcasts start up, and and I think what you're also seeing is some really great um, content being produced by people that aren't part of the mainstream media, mm-hmm. and so and and that's it's kind of got me inspired in a way. So I've been thinking a lot about that. Um, you know, our numbers have been fantastic considering everything that's going on. Last month was the best month we've had. So we've been very lucky in that sense. Um, but, yeah, like going forward, the the idea that we might be talking about actual games in a couple of months from now, I'm so excited by it. Yeah. It also means that I don't have to do too much research on history episodes. <laughs> well, the funny thing is we haven't done too many history episodes, no, really. We should... I know they're coming. Yeah. A long weekend this weekend. You're going to say to me, let's do a few episodes of it. What are we going to talk about? You say, oh, I don't know. I'll oh, we'll do a history one. Then you go, yeah, that sounds great. I mean, oh. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I, I have been thinking about that all day. <laughs> See, I, when it comes to this is the thing, okay, going into the mind of a historian here, I love the research. That's it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you don't like actually the, the, the production. Of- the, the writing of it down? Yeah. Oh, man. I get that. I get that. I, I love learning about something, but when I've got to write it down and teach someone else about it, it's like, oh, do I have to? <laughs> but, um, it's not to say I hate the writing part of it, but I, I just really, really love the research part more by a long way. Um, which, which episodes do you reckon we do the best, Nadine? Um, Do you have a favourite episode? Oh, God. 152 episodes. What would be my favourite? Not this one, because I've jibbed on with shit. (laughs) Um, I think I'm on the record with this, and I don't think my position... 
episode oh. with Dr. Alan Pierce. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely stand out. So I think um, – I th- sorry. I think I, – I, I do really like the history episodes and not just – you know, the, the history where none of us were alive and it's obviously um, really relying on some deep diving into the archives. But looking at the history of more recent history where there's things that you probably didn't realise at the time or you weren't quite across some of the nuances or the, the you know, power plays or the politics or, you know, things like that, um, obviously the most you know, controversial one in recent history was is anything to do in and around the whole Super League war space. But, you know, even things like the impact of Brad Fittler going from Penrith to the Roosters, you know, and, and obviously Phil Gould before that and, you know, him trying to take all the players and, and mm-hmm. things like that, like all of that, you know, the history behind those kinds of things. And, and whilst the catalyst for that, was something that was quite tragic. There was clearly a lot more at play as well. So those are the kinds of history things that I find really fascinating because you think that this was my understanding. However, that's not what was actually taking shape at the time. Um, yeah, and I, I always like it when there's guests on. I always find that fascinating as well. Okay, that's interesting because, like, we when we put the episodes out it's very rarely that we see a difference in like the listener numbers so it's not like we say we've done quizzes and things and even watching movies and things like that (laughs) it's not like we've ever seen a drop off in any of them i was gonna say did you actually watch die hard and listen to us talking about it yes you did excellent yes did we do good yes I you love know Die the, Hard. That's you such know a the next movie. The next one we're doing? Freddy Got Fingered. <laughs> Seriously, I bought it. afraid I, to ask. I bought it last night, hey. So, um, yeah. I had one. Actually, I have one other question for Nadine here. Mm-hmm. Did you do the trivia, the two trivia episodes, and how did you go compared to uh, Mama Shark and, uh, and Freaky here? Oh, I answered on Twitter. I got 37. On which one? The NRL one? No, 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 on Trivial Pursuit. Oh, how'd you go on the NRL one? Uh, I can't remember. Was it better than Freaky? Uh, I don't know. As they say in the classics, it wouldn't have been hard. <laughs> God, you're hilarious. What? I was just saying. Mind you, <laughs> I, I didn't exactly make the questions easy on the Rugby League one. No, they were a little bit difficult. Um, there's been a whole heap of podcast, uh, podcasts, a whole heap of articles I've seen over the last week where they've put out a heap of um, different quizzes, but they're all behind paywalls. Yeah, Otherwise, big, I would have sent them to big you. O tr- big O Trivia? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I had a little conversation with him the other day. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't very, um, wasn't very um, pleased with what I was saying to him. Oh. He didn't block me, though. Oh, well, that's all right then. He seemed rather grumpy. He does rely on stats for a lot of his articles. Might be why he didn't block me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, that's a person that knows where their meal ticket probably can come from. Mm, This is very interesting. (laughs) He's he's trying to toe the Daily Telegraph's line that 
um, Greenberg was was a shit uh, leader of the game because of the expenses that the game had. Oh, okay, right. And I was trying to say, you know, look at the clubs because they're worse. And he kept trying to turn it back around on Greenberg all the time. This is exactly this screaming match that Paul Kent and Michael Ennis had the Mm -hmm. other night. Yeah, that's what that's what made us do the. I think it was at the last episode. Todd Greenberg is doing a good job. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, those those are the one before that. Oh, last okay. one was idiots everywhere. Oh, oh, that's yes. right. <laughs> <laughs> Can you so. tell who does the uh, who does the? They're such leaguefreak.com headlines, eh? <laughs> no, but they're great. I like them. You like them? Yeah, <laughs> they are. He does a good job. Yes. Um, yeah. So, what what history episodes do you think you might have lined up moving forward? Oh, I've got a few about the birth of some clubs from you know back in the very early days when the game started. Mm. Some some have got very interesting um, stories as to how they came about. Others less so. So we'll do the ones that are a bit more interesting. Um, I've got even player profiles I've done, so we can look at those. There's. Oh, there's tons of tons of stuff I've got in the archives I could probably piece together and, and do kind of like with the the nineteen oh nine episode. Oh yeah. <clears throat> We've got ninety six to do as well. Yeah, ninety six and ninety seven. Ninety seven. Uh, we wanna do we wanna eventually do the grand finals for our teams as well, two thousand and three and two thousand and five. Mm. Which would be cool. We're just trying to work out what formats do that in though. Yeah. So there's all that stuff. Um, if if Freaky's keen, I mean, I've got I've got pretty much every English rugby league yearbook going back to 1980. So we could probably do season reviews of the English game if you wanted to. Wow. No. Hopefully but... we get some proper football starting. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear about the. Uh... That's in the bank. I want to hear about the Witness Vikings of 1982. <laughs> Uh, Please, no, God, let the NRL start on May 21st. <laughs> Episode go. 153 starts in Dewsbury. <laughs> Actually, you know what? There, There is a great, and when I say great, I mean funny as shit to watch, documentary on Rugby League that's on YouTube. It's called Another Bloody Sunday. I may have to freak you about this, but it's about yep. the Doncaster Rugby League team sometime in the 70s. And they had... The documentary picks them up about three quarters of the way through the season, and the team is trying to um, get their first win of the year. And every game they show on there, they lose. Oh. <laughs> and they're just getting closer and closer to the end of the season without having a win. And the the voiceover is so dreary and dull and depressing. It just suits it so perfectly. <laughs> Oh, you just seriously. If you find it, I'll have to find that. Go to YouTube, just find it, and just watch seriously the first five minutes, and you'll be sitting there going, "Oh my god, this sounds so dreary and dull. I need to see more of it." Oh, it's one of those. Okay, right, got it. It's almost funny, but it's not intending to be. It's just uh, <laughs> who 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 sat there and thought, you know what? Let's do a documentary on a sports team that's just shit. And the BBC went hands in the air. We'll do it. <laughs> That sounds BBC worthy, then, doesn't it? Ah, oh, fantastic stuff! Yeah, um, it was nice of them to do something else in between doing dramas based on some period that no one gives a fuck about. 
in some shows fucking... about cops. Yeah. <laughs> Dead set. How many of those do we need? Yeah, we get it. There's a big fucking house, and they're all fucking working there, and they're all banging. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, they were banging. They're just holding hands. Ah, the, well, yeah, that's uh, as far as they get. Sorry. Oh, we've got a. I do have an interview lined up as well. Oh yes, that's oh, right. Oh, excellent. That yeah. reminds me. I think we got an email. Oh, hey we freaky, have we got any emails? Let me have a look. Apart from one I me. sent earlier today. <laughs> we, got, we got an email from an Nadine. Uh, let me Taking have a look. my line from me. Yeah. Uh, I only have the intro on that line, and you've taken you've taken fifty percent of my work. <laughs> uh, You'll be right. Here I was thinking I was irreplaceable. <laughs> no, we've proven that you could be replaced. Yeah, quite easily. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, here it is. Hang on, it's just loading up. Why is this taking so long to load up? Okay, so have you, any, have you got any spam emails? I'd like you to read one of those out one day. Uh. Like one from some Egyptian prince. Or, no, I don't. I don't have any of them. I get a lot of um, people emailing me. LinkedIn. Well, LinkedIn's emailing me every day, but I get more people like saying that they're a SEO expert and they looked up my website and it's like, go away. I'm an one SEO of, expert. I had one of those SEO experts contact me one day about uh, rugby league project. Yeah. And they're saying, oh, if we can put blog posts on there, yeah. we'll, we'll pay you a certain amount of money. Yeah. How, what's a, what's a suitable amount of money for us to do that? And I said, um, about a hundred grand a year. <laughs> Are you serious? Do you know how much this is worth? I went, yeah, I'm fucking serious. Hundred grand a year, or piss off. I, went, I thought you were really interested in this. I went, I am. I want a hundred grand a year. And they just stopped talking to me. I went, well, that's rude. Yeah, I reckon. I, I was pretty clear from the outset what I was after. I don't know. So I've I've just read back the email and it's more an email to one of our listeners. Um, oh, it, it was sent in. It was sent in by Chris. Uh, he says, "Hey, League Freak, this you'll find this funny, actually, uh, Andrew." He says, "Hey, League Freak, I was just listening to your Todd Greenberg Podberg podcast, and when you were just talking about your fellow podcaster Julie saying, "Hey, Julie." He said, it reminded me of this great song from the same name by New York band Fountains of Wayne. See the YouTube link below. (laughs) Some really sad news, though, as one of their band members died last week from coronavirus. Enjoy the song and pass it on to Julie. If you don't know much about them, check them out. Their biggest song was Stacy's Mum with an awesome video clip featuring Rachel Hunter. I remember that one. I remember en- that. Enjoy. Oh, man, I'm sorry if I said your name. I, this is Enjoy the Simo Kids. So I hope I, I didn't fuck up by saying your first name. But, yeah, so he was talking about how he was saying, hey, Julie. Um, so, yeah, that was pretty cool. And I'll forward that on to Julie and uh, she can have a she can check out Fountains of Wayne, so That's she'll enjoy a, that. Yeah, she'll enjoy that with a beverage. Yeah, yeah, nice uh, foamy glass or something. <laughs> um, was there any other emails? No. Oh. Nothing else. Nothing else. All right, let me check to see if there's been any comments. Yeah, that's a good idea. I bet there's been none. Don't you love the preparation of this show? We just prepare <laughs> on air. It's outstanding. We don't people this is what this. makes it authentic. I'm we all about authentic. authenticity. 
we don't want people thinking that we're, we're spending time here on them doing the research. No, no, no. We spend our time on air on the on the listeners. That's off right. Air, off air, we just do awesome episodes and just don't record them. We keep that shit purely for ourselves. Imagine if people realised how much of this we actually edit out and that this is the best parts that we're giving them. Like, we've already edited out, like, half an hour or something. Wouldn't you say edit? Yeah. How do you do that? I use a very expensive program called GarageBand that comes for free. <laughs> right. And how often does this editing that you speak of take place? How many do you re- I reckon maybe of the 152 that we've done, have we edited maybe eight of them? Yeah, probably. Yeah. But most of it's and just how pretty... many of the 152 have never seen the light of day? Um, oh, no, all of the 152 have seen the light of day. No, 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 because, oh, well. There's, there's, there's about. Oh, that's actually very good, so. <laughs> there's about six or seven that haven't been. Haven't so seen. let's think, there was there was one with Nadine we scrapped. I think there was two with Nadine. There was two with me. There's two. Okay. There's one, yep. one. One with Carsten, which was a live show, which was at, was at about two in the morning, and yeah, no one was car- watching. We went, we 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 have to take this down. <laughs> the Carsten one, right, is properly like like public apology stuff, <laughs> and not aimed at anyone in particular, just like countries, regions, <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, um, mostly just friends. Yeah, mostly friends. Everybody <laughs> affected by World War Two. <laughs> So yeah. Um Is there any others? I feel like there's one had, more. Oh, yeah, we, we had some false starts ones. We had one which was a false false episode in what was it episode forty seven? Yeah, that was early on and we were just and like then, got about twenty minutes in and we we're like, I think this is fucked. Yeah. <laughs> and you were like, Yeah, yeah, I was thinking it too. <laughs> but the thing is, we said it once about five minutes in. And then said, let's just forge on the girl, see how it goes. And then after about another 30 minutes, we went, yeah, this one's really bad. Yeah. And then I think the last 10 minutes was us slagging off a few people. Oh, shit. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. So that uh, one, uh, that one went see the light of day. Yeah. And then you. the daisy. Yeah. Well, and no. then he, he leaves out the part where he, he gave my fucking email address to <laughs> fucking for, for foreign governments. <laughs> And so oh, no. it's like, fuck you, I'm editing this. And he cracked up laughing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> Talking about China or something like that. No gave me email. Fucking bastard. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. <sighs> Fun times. Yeah, oh, we've, we've kept all the great stuff off here. You, you poor people, you just get all the dreary shit we leave behind. Yeah, look, if we could put it together and make, like, an Uber episode, it'd be pretty funny, but we that'd be the last episode. Maybe we'll do that for the last episode ever, hey, when we decide to bow out of public life. <laughs> yeah, I think when we both find out that we actually have contracted coronavirus <laughs> and we are definitely going to die from it, yeah. that shit's going live. Last words are going to be like, send it live. <laughs> Do it, do it, do it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Was that inappropriate? <laughs> mm, no comment. Okay. No, it, it was, was fine. It was, it was close, though. It was fine. <sighs> so, Excellent. who's got shout-outs? Any shout-outs? Um, you, can go, you can go and have a few shout-outs if you like, Nadine. Yeah. 
Oh, I, I'm I'm directing the show right now, so you guys have got to do the shout outs. Oh, bloody hell, you're always thinking you'd do it so I didn't have to think. I've got, no, I've got I'm just share. taking your job. I, I, you, you've done a brilliant job. And you've, you've realised just how easy my job is. <laughs> <laughs> it used to be about steering League Freak away from saying bad things, and then I got around to just leading Freak Freak, League Freak down Garden Pass, so he would say bad things. Exactly. <clears throat> toes these days. <laughs> so who's shouting out to Freaky? Well, I, I started up a Patreon account uh, yesterday. And so you can check that out. It's patreon.com forward slash league freak. No spaces or anything. Um, and I actually sent it to Katie. And I said, check this out. Tell me if you reckon I should make any changes to it. And she immediately signed up for my Patreon. And it was very, very nice of her too. And so she's my first Patreon person on there. Um, and I, I, I basically set it up for things like covering costs because... Um, the cost of my website alone was fine, but I've made a couple more websites since then. They're all rugby league websites. There's rugby league podcasting network, um, nrlbreakingnews.com, which is a bit of a, you know, it's a news accumulator site for rugby league. Um, and I then I, a, I, I was going to say, I do have a question about those websites. Yeah. Um, how many do you own? I don't need the names of them, but how many do you reckon you own? Uh, if, if, well, would you put in the podcasting website as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the okay, known websites so you own. I would say I own four websites. Uh-huh. And how many how many domains do you own? <laughs> I own Stop okay. leading him down the path, Andrew. Four, five, six, seven, eight. I feel like there was a funny one I got in there. Eight no nine. Uh, so I own nine domain names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the thing. We've had a few nights <laughs> where there wasn't much news on. And I've been persuaded by Freaky into looking at domain names to see what's available in the rugby league world. And we've been surprised at what's been available. And stupid. Um, like, we're, well, like we're looking up things and we're like, oh, man, can you believe that Gleebarrel is available? Maybe we should pick it up, hey? <laughs> And if it's a really good one, Freaky just says, I'm, I've got it. Huh. What? That was quick. <laughs> he's just, he's just, a, he's a, he's a domain accumulator. Yeah. And so I've got, so anyway, between that, all that stuff and then the hosting in my email address, which is really expensive per year, actually. And then on top of that, it, um, we split the, the, cost for the podcast hosting which isn't too much and then um you know the the microphone obviously which was i think it was 190 bucks um it just adds up so um so yeah i thought i'd I'd start up a patreon and you know i set the lowest level at three bucks three us dollars because you know any little bit helps and and katie um, jumped on that really quickly. So I, I've got to give a massive shout out to her. She's absolutely fantastic. So thank you very much, Katie, for that. She's a good egg. Thanks, Katie. She really is. She's fantastic. Um, I'll give another a shout out too to Julie. She's a massive fan of the podcast. Um, loves listening to it always. You know, we put out, out a podcast and she's normally listened to it before midday the following day. So, um, a big hello to Julie. Hey, Julie. 
if you're listening. Hey. 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 Um, <laughs> and, uh, who else? Bartram 13. Carsten Brummer. Carsten Brummer. Gibbo. Uh, who else? Let me just go and check out the, uh, the Fergo Freak Pod Twitter account. FC plug. Monkey. FC Monkey. Yeah. You got Samuel Bayless in there. Yeah. I saw we had a few interesting followers recently. Oh, really? Who? Um, Paul Broughton, OAM. Yeah, he followed me too. I followed him for a little bit. He has some interest. Yeah, he has some interesting ideas about the game and stuff, which I always like it when there's somebody that at least has some interesting ideas of how the game should change or, and it's not so much the rules, but he talks about like, uh, how nine should be used and, and stuff like that. So I followed him for a bit and yeah, I don't know what it was that, that triggered him to follow us. Um, but yeah, he, he did, which was cool. Who else was there? Cause there was another interesting one. Uh, rugby league coffins. <laughs> yes. That was a bit weird. I don't know what that was about, but hello coffins. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for, thanks for jumping on board. Um, what's we got on here? Um, yeah, no one, no one else really of any fame. Mm-hmm. Just, just, uh, just Paul Broughton there. Yeah. So. And the bit... usual deviates. Got it. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, Andrew brings in people like this, Nadine, and I don't know what it is about Andrew that brings in all of these fucking weirdos that. <laughs> He just can't help himself. Uh, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. To, I guess you've got to know your to audience, the, don't you? To take the only line that Aaron Woods has. There you go. Uh, rugby League Mums followed us. Oh, yeah, RugbyLeagueMums.com. Yeah, give that one a plug. Yeah, that's uh that's Julie's website. It's uh it's going to be really cool when that one's done. We'll get her on to have a talk about that soon enough. Um, Chris Vag, who runs the uh, Pass It On Clothing um, charity. Okay. He follows okay. us. He does yep. a lot of good work, takes a lot of clothes down to, is it Pitt Street in Sydney? Gives it to homeless people? Yeah, I know I know he, he gives, I don't know where he does it, but I've seen it on my timeline a few times, which was it's really, seems like he's doing, he's actually doing something to help people, you know? Yeah, something good, like us. Wow. I guess we provide entertainment and information. Oh, I I certainly don't provide entertainment. I was just talking about what I do with Rugby League Project. You, well, you do all the entertaining. I don't I don't provide the information, so it works well, eh? <laughs> <laughs> You're like Laurel and Hardy. Yeah, there pretty much. So, Andrew, have, have you got anything you need to plug? Uh, just my website, uh, uh-huh. org. If you haven't seen it, you, you probably should. It's 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 bloody fantastic. Yeah, I agree. It's very um, good. And if you like it and you want to help us out, then you can go to our Patreon, which is uh, patreon.com slash rlproject. Make sure, make sure when you're typing in that URL that you just stop at P for a little sec just to see what comes up. Don't do it at work. Well, you can't do it at work. You're at home. Uh, don't do it with little kids around. But, yeah, just see what comes up when you go to patreon.com rlp. And when you say it, you go... Okay, I'll just go and write the rest of the project in there and go give me money. Don't give it to that people instead. Yeah. I think that's what's been happening. 
But yeah. Yes. It's like, a, it's like an Easter egg. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. There's some Easter eggs there. Yeah. Um, have you got anything you need to, to plug, Nadine? Nope. I'll just plug this podcast. Oh, thank you. That's very nice of you. <laughs> Do you listen to any other podcasts? We don't mind giving the podcast love here. I mean... Yeah, uh, I mean, Starting Block. Of course. I listen to, of course, uh, Boogie Bumper, the Daily Podcast, the Daily Boogie Show, mm. uh, Rugby League Digest. Fantastic. Um, Did you listen full to the episode credit when to I was the on boys. Yes, I listened to, yes. Listen to all the episodes that you're on in every podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm on every podcast now. <laughs> yes, that's right. I was on Sports um, Best yes. Friends as well with, with Big T. Yes. Oh, I love Big T. He's hilarious. Um, yeah, full credit to the boys, involuntary tackle, uh, league council. Um, Holy shit, you get through heaps of them. These are all ones I listen to. Yeah, well, especially now I'm at home, I just sit here with my headphones in and listen to podcasts. Consume pods. Do you listen yeah. to the Maddie Johns one? Uh Usually yes, but at the moment no, because he's podcasting from his dining table with his family, and it's weird. Oh, that's weird. Why would you want to listen to that? It's strange. Yeah. So I listened to half of last week's one, which was the first iteration of of this format, mm-hmm. and I stopped. Okay. That seems like um, a wise decision. Yes, and then I've been listening to a lot of sports wars, um, which are really good. So they're kind of a little bit like those ESPN 30 for 30 docos, um, but in a podcast format and obviously it talks about great sporting rivalries. So you've got um, LeBron, uh, sorry, not LeBron, um, Kobe Bryant and Shaq. Uh, You've got Brady and the Manning brothers. You've got, you know, Nadal and Federer. Um, So they've been super interesting as well. Pull them um, out for carriage. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they are peak. Exactly. Yeah, I get where you're going. Yep. What else have you been listening to? Oh, TED Talks. I don't mind TED Talks. Do you listen to Hardcore History? No. I tell you what, Dan Carlin's Hardcore History, it's my second favourite podcast after this one, and it is absolutely superb. Okay. It takes up takes up a fair chunk of your time too, but oh, they are they're very detailed, very good. Mm. I've only listened to I don't know, a handful of them, but yeah, I've you actually, recommend. I've actually I'll add it to the rotation. Uh, I've bought podcasts that he has done because he leaves a certain number of them up, and then after a while they go behind a paywall. I've bought I, I must have nearly bought a hundred bucks worth of them. And wow. and do not regret it. Like they're fantastic. He's he's got one about uh, the basically the fall of the Roman Empire. He's got one about World War One. Like and they're all series, you know, and they're all hours and hours long. Uh, my favourite one, the the uh, Wrath of the Khans, which is about the Mongols. Uh, fantastic, really fantastic. Oh, definitely give that a listen. Mm-hmm. There you go. See ya. That's my life at the moment, podcasts. Nice. Well, here's one that's you're the star of. <laughs> and thank you so much for joining us because uh, it would have been wrong to do it without you, hey? 
Oh, thanks. That's nice. And it's, it's been it's a while been, since I've been able to come on as well. Yeah. It's been even longer since we um, put your voice out to the public. <laughs> yeah, well, time, they're missing out. Lucky. It's nice that you didn't say anything controversial in this episode too, so thank you for that. No, yeah. I was yeah. the well-behaved one today. You kept your, <laughs> kept your bad potty jokes to yourself. God, they were shocking. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm terrible. You so really Western are. So Western Sydney potty mouth. <laughs> <laughs> we can't be having that here again. <laughs> oh, no, shocking. You've warped my fragile little mind. Oh, well. You'll be right, mate. <laughs> um, is that it, Freaky? Yeah, yeah, I reckon we're we're done here. Uh, okay. So thank you, everyone, for listening to this, and we hope that the next episode that we do, I think we know probably what the next episode is going to be, uh, so strap in for that one. It's going to be an internationally focused one, and then uh, who knows? We're In a couple of days' time, we might be talking about how they're starting to officially you know, set up the uh, biodome. Well, we'll be in it. We'll be in the biodome. Mm-hmm. Podcasting from within the biodome. Hey, hey, what about they set up the biodome, right? And if the Panthers start losing, I try and sneak into the biodome and shut it all down. Mm. <sighs> Future episode. That could be a live episode. Oh, that would be so good. Imagine me going like, "Oh, I'm just I'm sneaking around the back of the Krispy Kreme. I can see the I can see the opening. I'm going in. I'm pretty good over short distances. I reckon I could get in there. I, I reckon I reckon we have to do this. But are you are you able to are you willing to do this like within the next fifteen minutes? Oh, not in the next fifteen minutes. Come on, man, we should come over to the potty. <laughs> Imagine if, if I, like, the next podcast, I'm like, I'm still hiding in one of the closets. They haven't found me yet. <laughs> then we do a, a whole entire episode talking about some sort of merits of some biodome rugby league thing, and you're whispering really sensible, coherent arguments the whole way through. What about it when I find out who is in the room that I'm hiding in? Like, who would be the worst? I was like, oh, fuck, it's BJ Leilua. <laughs> <laughs> and he's reading the books. <laughs> International he, law. What's he doing? He's got out some crayons and he's colouring something in. <laughs> would that be uh, the NRL's balance sheet? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of red that he's using. <laughs> He's hammering big dots all over the page. I don't know what's going on. He doesn't look happy. Oh, no, he's done this all. Be terrible. Absolutely terrible. This has got to happen. This has to happen now. Um, on that magnificent note, people, that's something to think about. Um, we'll catch you all later. <laughs> <laughs>